It was George Carlin that stated, We're so self-important, so arrogant, everybody's going to save something now. Save the trees, save the bees, save the whales, save the snails. And the supreme arrogance, save the planet. Are these people kidding? Save the planet. We don't even know how to take care of ourselves. We haven't learned how to take care for one another. And we're going to save the planet. And by the way, there's nothing wrong with this planet in the first place. The planet's fine. Looking back on those words, George Carlin was a prophet. Yesterday, Elon Musk revealed his Neuralink to the public and stated he is now ready within the next six months to try to plant this into a human, begin human trials. It needs to begin the FDA process. Why are we so obsessed with changing what it means to be human? The arrogance of mankind is on display. Sit back, grab yourself a cup of coffee or whatever it is that you're into. You're listening to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden on the America Out Loud Network. Welcome back, Bold Americans, to another episode. Today we are talking about the arrogance of mankind, the arrogance of science, uh, the lack of humility that people have when having discussions with one another, and how that seems to be creating a pervasive problem for all of us. I watched the Neuralink presentation from Elon Musk and the staff of the Neuralink team, and the first thought that I had was this was fascinating. They were able to get these monkeys to be able to communicate in English, uh, use these devices, these implants that were in their heads, and do amazingly brilliant things. Then I paused. I paused for a moment and thought about, why is this necessary? Elon states that by creating this Neuralink device, they could place this into people's spines and restore somebody's ability to walk, spinal cord injuries. He also talks about the concept of being able to um, help people who've never seen before gain sight. Is it necessary? That's very easy for me to say as somebody who has an able body. But as somebody who also just underwent some test to find out if I was losing some of my abilities with my able body to find out if I had diseases that were going to cause me to possibly wind up in a wheelchair or bodily functions that might be attacking one another. As someone who just went through that, I have to ask myself, what's too much? At what point would I push the envelope to hack my body? And at what point will I accept a natural life and a natural death? Our world right now is on the verge of becoming completely unnatural. Maybe that's what it was always destined to become. Perhaps... It's not what it should become. This is the arrogance of science. 
And we've seen the arrogance of science on display for a long time. Look, if there's one thing that we should all be completely humbled by, it's the fact that science continuously is changing because new things come to light. Just a few days ago, I saw a story that an asteroid that crashed in Serbia, when they cut it open, they discovered there were two minerals that no one on Earth knew existed inside this asteroid. It was a groundbreaking notion. It's one of those notions that shows us that we do not know even the tip of the iceberg. Maybe that's all we're seeing. We do not know what is under the iceberg. Quite literally, we really don't know what's under the iceberg on our own planet. We've studied more of outer space than we have of the oceans. We do not have the ability to study some of the things here on our celestial earth that we can find in the cosmos. It's mind-boggling. It's fascinating. But yet here we are in 2022 with arrogant scientists that have told us that we can use these new vaccines using mRNA. And they sold us on this by telling us, don't worry, it can't change your DNA. Until we learn, oops, it doesn't stay in the muscle where we thought we shot it. Oops, this thing's going to other parts of the body and organs. Oh, oops, this thing's crossing to the brain-blood barrier and going into the brain. Oops, it did kind of change your, your DNA. Sorry about that. Uh, we didn't think it could. We, uh, we, we were wrong. Or did we just not listen to the people that were saying, time out, this might happen. It's arrogance. It's a lack of humility in the world. When we discuss putting a computer into our brains in order to make our lives better, what is a better life? Can somebody define that? What gives us the right to take another human being's life in assisted suicide? Is that a natural death? Should somebody be forced to experience a natural death when we deem this unnatural death as a compassionate care? There are countries that are now saying this is compassionate care. It's an arrogant statement. We do not know what somebody may be going through on the other side as they are dying. There's no way that we can look into that exactly. We simply have our scientific observations of what that death looks like, falling asleep. Is there a lack of consciousness according to the assisted suicide? We are always looking for this next best way to experience humanity to the degree where some people want to be able to upload our memories and live forever. Would you do that? Would you want to upload your entire online profile, upload your personal thoughts, your emails in order to create an artificial intelligence version of yourself 
that continues to live? And is there a soul? What would that artificial intelligence individual be like without a soul? Is it possible to transfer a soul? Very interesting questions that I don't believe scientists could ever hope to answer with any type of certainty. But yet here we are. We are barreling down, passing the speed limit of what we should be doing on this highway and endangering what it means to be human, to move towards this new transhumanism of life, to be a transhumanist, to enhance our human condition for science. Why do we believe we need to be enhanced? Is it because that around our world we update our phones every single year? Is it because we're constantly coming out with faster processors? There's always something new and shiny for us to look at? Or is transhumanism the next logical step for our species, for humanity? Is this also the reason why we have not come in contact with other intelligent life? Do we eventually get to the point of transhumanism and we wipe ourselves out as some type of intelligent life throughout the entire cosmos? Who knows? Again, it's part of the arrogance of man. See, we think we can fix everything. There are people that want to block out the sun in order to combat global warming. There are scientists that believe that that might be possible. There are people that do weather modification. Now, before you all freak out and say, weather modification, that doesn't exist, why don't you type in China Olympics weather modification cloud seeding? We have cloud seeding. It is done quite regularly in order to provide rain to areas that are in droughts. And the way that they do this is with chemtrails. Yes, chemtrails are a real thing. They've been a real thing. Scientists have been using these. You can find the videos and watch the people that do it. But yet, it's the arrogance. What are we doing to the people on the ground? How about our crops? We use Roundup in order to keep our crops safe. And the arrogance of man means we have increased cancer rates because of companies like Monsanto. Or a company like Monsanto, they start genetically modifying our corn and a bunch of other food so that way we have larger produce, larger crops, more perfect looking crops so that way it's appealing at the supermarket. But we also now have chemicals ingrained in our food. And when the wind blows and the seed blows from one land to the next, Monsanto goes, you don't own that corn anymore. You don't own that wheat field. That's Monsanto's. Look, that is our genetic ownership. We own the DNA of that. Well, what happens when we start hacking human beings' DNA? If companies have already claimed that the crops around us are theirs, even though they were not on 
a farmer's land that was using Monsanto seed, then what happens when your DNA is altered and becomes another company's copyrighted DNA? That they've ridden out disease in some way, shape, or form from your DNA, and therefore they say, we have control over that specific DNA pattern that is yours. Do you even own your body anymore in a transhumanist society? Or is the arrogance of science, where we are headed with Neuralink, where we are headed with the new science of vaccines, where are they all taking us? We must ask ourselves these questions. Is it worthwhile to search for cures to death? Do we really want to live forever or the good life that we all are searching for? Is it actually a better life because we die? Is it better to know that we will die in the future because it gives our life meaning than to live forever in some way, shape, or form and miss the opportunities that are right in front of us? These are the questions I'm thinking about as I see the headlines of what is around us through consciousness. We have philosophy. Philosophy, and I, I love philosophy. I consider myself somebody who finds myself deep in thought about everything and why things work, how they work. Philosophy doesn't actually have any answers, though. Philosophy simply gives us questions. And if we think about philosophy in terms of science, then you've got to think about what is the purpose of science? And is the purpose of science, as it was first represented to us, to find the answers to the questions that we've searched for? Is that still the purpose of science in our modern society? Or have we adapted a new purpose of science to become gods ourselves, to become gods of creation, gods of nature, in order to change the entire construct of what it means to have life in society? Again, if we're not asking ourselves these questions, if we're simply going along with the program, watching what people are putting out there for us, and saying, well, you know what? I'm alive right now. I'm good. You know what? When I'm ready to die, I'm, I'm good with you know an assisted suicide. And we're not asking ourselves what might actually happen. Why are we living? Why are we living in a world that does not look at what it actually means to be present in society, in humanity? Why do we need to hack our bodies? And aren't we cyborgs already? And what has that done for us in becoming a cyborg? And for those of you that are going, I'm not a cyborg. Yes, you are. You might be listening to this on one of your cyborg devices, like a cell phone or another extension of yourself, your watch. Maybe it's connected and getting your pulse. We have become connected. And in that connection, we are distracted from what makes us uniquely and wonderfully made. What brings us to the fabric of life as a shared humanity and experience.
We'll be right back. You're listening to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden on the America Out Loud Network. For 40 years, alarmists have been warning of a climate catastrophe, yet none of their dire predictions have come true. Temperatures have not soared, sea level rise has not been unusual, and extreme weather events have not increased in either frequency or intensity. In short, there is no climate emergency. For 15 years, the International Climate Science Coalition has led the call for climate realism and a Made in America climate plan. A plan based on real science that responds to the real world needs of Americans, supports economic growth, and strengthens our essential infrastructure. A plan that protects the environment and ensures that Americans can enjoy the blessings of clean air, clean land, and clean water for generations to come. It's time to put ideology and pseudoscience aside. It's time for a sensible climate plan. For more information or to donate, visit our website, icsc-climate.com. All right, you've all heard Malcolm and the great Dr. Peter McCullough talk about the povidone iodine-based nasal spray, Cofix RX. They talk about it because it's a product that actually works in combating colds, flus, and coronaviruses. Cofix is made in the USA and recommended by thousands of doctors and pharmacists nationwide. It's simple. By attacking viruses where they incubate, you make it easier for your body to heal. Check out the Cofix RX banner ad on AmericaOutloud.com and save 20% by using promo code OUTLOUD. America Out Loud beats to the pulse of our nation. We know when you're angry, you're troubled, confused, glad, and thankful. We know you because we are you. Join us as we explore the most important issues of our time. We are America Out Loud Talk Radio. Liberty and justice for all. Welcome back, Bold Americans. We are talking about Neuralink and hacking the human body, uploading memories to try to live forever. And it leads me to this question in the second half of the show. The first half I was talking about what is the human experience and is pain and suffering part of that experience? If we eliminate every problem, if we were to eliminate even the risk of death, what does that do to humanity? What does that do to the purpose of what it means to be human? It's a question that's been asked for probably as long as existence has been around, right? What many people often ask, what does it mean to experience this life? None of us chose to be born, but we were born into this existence. No one chose the cards that we were dealt ahead of time, but those cards have unfolded in front of us. Some of us have health challenges. Some of us have financial challenges. Some people are born in parts of the world that don't have running water. Life is complex. And then for those of us that maybe are blessed to have tons of resources, that doesn't change the complexity of life. Life is a mystery. Not to quote Madonna there, 
<laughs> it's a question that we have to look at if we're going to discuss what comes next in transhumanism. How far do we want to go in hacking gene therapy in our bodies to try to eradicate cancer? Are you comfortable in eradicating that cancer, what else it may do as an unintended blowback, an unintended consequence of what you're doing? At some point, should you just be comfortable with living? I was at a funeral back maybe eight months ago, nine months ago, uh, a young man that I know committed suicide. And the priest was up giving the homily during the funeral. And he said, you know, there's no easy answers to any of this. Life is painful. Life is suffering. Life is sad. And as he was saying these words, I appreciated the brutal honesty in the homily. Life is sad. Life is brutal. Life is suffering, but we need the suffering, we need the sadness, we need those tears to appreciate when we can truly celebrate life, when life brings us joy, when life brings us happiness, elation, when life brings us love. That is part of the mystery of the human life. Without pain and suffering, we cannot appreciate the valleys as well as the peaks that we fall into. And I'm concerned that if we continue down this path, it's not just Elon Musk, it's so many other scientists and people. And I was taught about the arrogance of science at the top of the show here. If we simply throw out all the tens of thousands of years or hundreds of thousands of years of what it means to be human simply because we think we know better with what we've developed scientifically over the past hundred years. What are we doing? Do we really know so much better than at any other time what it means to hack a human? Should we hack humans? Will we one day change the chemistry of the brain and you no longer feel that warmth when you meet a new lover? When you're a teenager and you fall in love for the first time, if you're in a hacked world, will that all be artificial? What will it feel like to experience a roller coaster? Will people no longer go on roller coasters because they'll experience it in VR? And will it be an artificial feeling of adrenaline because we don't want people to experience over adrenaline in their body for the harms that it may do? What are we taking out of the human experience in the name of progress? And this is all around us. We are progressing to a degree we're redefining what it means to have a sex, right? We have redefined to the point where it's confusing people what the difference may be 
between gender fluidity and gender and sex. In the name of progress, are we making sure that we truly understand it? Are we having honest conversations? Are we having humble conversations about it? Because it seems to me that we are arrogant in how quickly we are trying to change definitions, change the overall human experience through rituals, human experience through traditions, in hopes that someday we might cheat death. I believe death is probably one of the most beautiful things that will happen to all of us. I believe that death is the one single unifier that every single human being must go through as a rite of passage. And we will not know what happens after death until we experience it. If it's like what Stephen Hawking said, if it's like somebody just turned off the power strip and then we never were, we have no recollection of ever being here and we have no consciousness, there's nothingness. If that's all that death is, it's not going to matter. We're going to disappear. And so many people have already done that. But if death is a change of energy and frequency and we go into some other dimension that our own arrogance does not allow us to define right now, what a great experience in the moments after death. What a great experience in the days, weeks, years, millennia after death. But yet we have people right now that want to upload our brains and state that that will be where we continue to live after, which is really arrogant. It's arrogant from the standpoint of one day this earth isn't even going to be here, which means all these uploads, why do we need them? Well, it's because we believe that we are self-important. We believe that we are selfish. This goes to yesterday's show. I believe that true evil are those individuals that find themselves so much in a selfish mindset that there's no self-sacrifice for another. Life is about that self-sacrifice. It's important. If we look at civilization, if we look at art, science has already helped us live longer and more productive lives, create more beautiful things, build better uh, buildings. But in doing so, what are we doing to the planet? What have we had to sacrifice in order to give ourselves a better upbringing? We don't talk about that too often. Or when we do, it gets lost in this conversation of climate. I'm going to have a guest on the show on December 13th-ish. The interview, I believe, is going to be that week. And this is an individual that has an alternate conversation. And I've been following this individual for over a decade. Brilliant guy. Get labeled misinformation, disinformation, 
long before it was a thing. His Wikipedia page is hilarious because of that. People have tried to debunk him over and over again. And as they try to debunk him, science continues to start to show that he may be correct. And what he went after was the arrogance of the climate scientist in denying that our sun and our universe and our electromagnetic fields and the electromagnetic universe has a role to play in all this. And the best part is he doesn't deny that we're not harming our planet with things. He simply states that the sun is going to play a much larger role in our magnetic field is going to play a much larger role in climate change and what's to come than anything else. And I can't wait to have that conversation. It's going to go straight into giving humility to those that believe they know it all to climate change. And this is a voice that you're going to hear right on my show that you wouldn't normally hear elsewhere. If you want to prep for that show ahead of time in order to get a head start a couple weeks from now, and you want to send questions that you would like me to ask, I'm going to even tell you who I'm going to be interviewing right now. I'll be speaking with Ben Davidson. Ben Davidson runs Suspicious Observers on YouTube. He also has the Observer Ranch in Colorado, where he is building with like-minded people, a community out there of people that are prepping just in case of what is part of the Earth catastrophe cycle. Now, it's not nearly as dire as maybe that statement makes it sound. I'll let Ben explain that a little bit later. But go to Suspicious Observers. Observers uses a zero instead of an O. And check out his content. It goes back a really long time. And he's been consistent and things are really coming uh, to fruition. And he also will be the first person to say, I, I believe it was right at the beginning of COVID, he's like, this is completely, completely out of control, the reaction of the scientific community. And he was shouted down by people, telling everybody, you know, to, to relax about. They're like, we can't relax. People are dying. And he's like, look, he's like, if you're elderly, yeah, like you should be concerned. If you're not elderly, you're under the age of like 65. Uh, no, no, probably not. He was also one of the first people I heard talk about the makeup of the virus and how it likely evolved from a laboratory. Um, so we'll get into that with Ben. It's going to be great. But I just, this all goes to this arrogance throughout the years of what we believe we know versus what we do know. You know, it just, are we in a pure heart, a pure mind with what we want for humans in the future? Do we truly understand what we are marching to together? Is that possible? Or are we all marching to our own demise? And if so, is anyone going to say, this is crazy town. We shouldn't be doing this. Now I look at the hypocrisy that we have in the world right now. Um, you know, I have students, they come in, they're not 18 yet. They get tattoos. And it wasn't so long ago that I remember that I was walking down South street in Philadelphia. I was maybe 16 years old 
And if you don't know South Street, South Street's kind of like was, I don't know what it still is at this point, but in Philadelphia, it was this really neat artsy type of shop area, tattoo parlors, uh, CD stores, back then when they sold CDs, music stores, t-shirts, graphic tees, bars. It was a happening place in the city of Philadelphia. A person walked up to my mother as I was walking by and he goes, oh, your son has a beautiful face. I'd love the piercing. My mother's like, nope, we're going to keep on walking, right? And I said, what did you just say? He's like, you have a beautiful face. I'd love the piercing. I'm like, that doesn't even make sense, right? If I have a beautiful face, why do I need to pierce my face, right? We don't need to change that. And then if I wanted to go get a tattoo, I had to be 18 or get my parents' permission in order to do so. And there were people back when I was growing up that were like, I'm not touching you until you're 18. You're not coming in my chair. Nuh-uh. You know, we would go places. Uh, we had a place by my house called Video Showplace. Now, Video Showplace, you'd walk in, you have your movies, but they had an adult section. You couldn't go into the adult section. Nowadays, all these kids, they can watch pornography right on their school devices, basically, the people give them, they get creative with it, on their cell phones that the parents are purchasing for them with no way of monitoring what they're looking at. They get this stuff for free. We, we have developed in our world in a way that we do not protect innocence and what it means to be human. We've devalued human life. We treat people like objects, objects of desire, objects to be used for our own devices. This is not a good place to be in our science. Why would you want to stay in this? You know, I can understand if you're paralyzed and you have the ability to get an implant to help you walk again, to be present with your family. I understand doing that. Do we need to live forever? Do we need to outlive everybody else? Or what is our shelf life? And isn't death what it means to be human? Isn't that uniquely there? And just to go back to this concept one last time, is natural death necessary to have a human experience? And if so, euthanasia and things that are on the rise, giving now people that are not actually um, dying from a terminal disease, but rather mental health issues. There was somebody that was euthanized. I did a story on that a couple months ago. This is not the human experience. This is our arrogance. Please, if there is nothing else in our political conversations, our world conversations, the one thing we've got to get to immediately, and this is me preaching. This is me preaching to the listeners because I need your help. We've got to ask people to practice humility. The most important word we can start putting in front of people when they start telling us that they know best or they saw it on the news or this side is the correct side. Ask the individual, do you have the humility to accept that you may be wrong? Thanks for joining in today, everybody. I know that might've been a little bit uh, deep into the woods of philosophy. It's just what I was feeling after I watched Elon Musk yesterday and I had to do this. I hope I honored your time well. Hope I gave you some food for thought. Thanks to all that are answering the Twitter poll. 
uh, over uh, <laughs> getting thousands of people looking at this thing right now, responding about whether or not there is intentional evil in the world. And the poll has been, wow, just completely blowing me away by people that believe that there is Satanism and a cult that's intentional, intentional influence of people in the world to put us down this way. Maybe this goes into this entire conversation that I had today. That's all for today. I'll see you guys uh, to wrap up the week tomorrow. Hope that you all are doing well. You're in good health and things are going well for you and yours. We'll be back. You've been listening to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden on the America Out Loud Network. Be bold, America.